0: Welcome to Happiness 2.02 podcast. I'm your host, John Tuckums, founder, author, World Government Summit participant, and Forbes featured TEDx speaker, an inquisitive human who loves rude knowledge. Happiness 2.02 is a mental health show for entrepreneurs that provides the full human cognition and the full breathing oxygen tools to rapidly shift states of mind and increase energy. Podcast guests include organization founders, world-renowned executives, MDs, PhDs, and remarkable leaders who have incredible stories and are helping billions of people to find their happiness oxygen. You're listening to Happiness 2.02. This is your host, John Tuckums. You're listening to Episode 5 with Dr. Marvin Singh. Marvin is a keynote speaker, a triple board certified medical doctor, a best-selling author, and the founder of Precision Clinic. While you're listening to this podcast, if anything stands out to you as thought-provoking or remarkable, take a screenshot and write down what you've heard from Dr. Marvin Singh. Post the insight on social media, text the idea to a friend, or email what you've learned to a family member. Get this information out there. Without further ado, episode five of Happiness 2.02 podcast with Dr. Marvin Singh. So Marvin, time is a finite resource. Underlying everything that you do across your life, your books, your speaking engagements, your podcast, your precision clinical practice, why do you do what you do? Only what drives you at your core?
1: Well, you know, I, I became a doctor and went into medicine for a particular reason. I actually knew I wanted to go into medicine, I think, when I was in sixth grade. I remember we had our we had to, our graduation for elementary school. Where the theme was hopes and dreams. And I remember I drew a silhouette of myself because that was what we all did. Um, and we wrote our hopes and dreams on it. And I said, my hopes and dreams are to become a doctor. And uh, I guess uh, I I really felt that from a very early age that I really wanted to help people and do the right thing and make them feel better. And through my uh, rest of my early years, I worked towards that end and I was even accepted into medical school from a very early age in high school. And when I graduated medical school and did my residency and fellowship and then started practicing medicine. Uh, things were fine, uh, but I kind of felt like something was missing. We really weren't helping people as well as we ought to be helping people. And so that put me on yet another journey to uh, of self-discovery to try to understand, was it me? Was it the system? Or was there some piece that was missing that I didn't learn about? And that's where I found uh, Dr. Andrew Weil in integrative medicine. And That really changed my life personally and helped me learn about the things that I was missing in my own life and career. And I started using and applying that information to patients and saw such a remarkable change and difference. Mm -hmm. And so I guess it was a long
0: journey to get here, but uh, I'm here and uh, I'm happy to be here. Uh, fantastic. Uh, around that sixth grade uh, uh, experience, uh, do you remember what was before that? Uh, do you remember if there was a certain influence in your life that uh, uh, that really kind of seeded the idea uh, related to becoming uh, an, an MD? I don't know. Before sixth grade, uh, I was
1: pushing the memories back a little bit. Uh, I, I don't know that I I remember too much from, from back then. Um, I think, you know, I, I probably always wanted to help people because my parents tell me when I was even younger, I, I would talk about wanting to be a priest or something like that. So, yeah. um, uh, you know, and I'll, all, all little boys, I think want to be a firefighter to help people. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I guess these ideas, the concept of helping others came from a very young, uh, early age. And, you know, my parents raised me that way as well to, you know, always think about helping people um, uh, and uh, never to say no when somebody's in need. So I guess those ideas and concepts stayed with me um, uh, as I
0: I grew older. Yeah, Fantastic. And as part of that, uh, you know, that really kind of childhood, uh, you know, uh, experience, uh, can you share some of the adversities that uh, you faced over time, uh, which really built up that, uh, you know, that kind of resilience inside you, wanting to help people and give back? Um, it might have been in high school or elementary school that uh, really thought things could be done differently at an early early time in your. I don't, it might have been in university too as well. So you know,
1: I guess one of the biggest uh, obstacles was when I s- started working um, on my, in my first job. Um, I was trying to apply all the knowledge that I had. Uh, you know, you're obviously nervous; it's your first time working on your own. And, you know, I think I did a pretty good job, but, uh, I, I still felt like something, something was not, something was not there. Something was missing. And, uh, I actually even blamed myself. I thought, well, maybe Mm -hmm. that's me, you know, maybe I, maybe I suck. Maybe this is, maybe, (laughs) maybe the thing that's missing is, is that I'm missing something. But that obviously wasn't the case. And I think one of the key points is Never to really look down on yourself or blame yourself for anything. You know, if there's an adversity or there's a difficulty or a a point where you feel like you can't um, can't progress beyond, that's a good point to self-reflect and to look at things from a different perspective and to try to frame things uh, uh, differently in your mind if you don't do that, then you will be stuck in this rut of uh, self defeat and, you know, these bad thoughts that uh, are really self defeating. By reframing how you look at things and changing the pers- your viewpoint and perspective on things, then that allows you to open up your mind to seeing what other possibilities might be. And once you see that there are other possibilities, it seems that, wow, you know, I, I was only looking at one thing, but there may be a hundred different things I could do. So I think that's one of the key lessons I learned from from
0: the adversity that I faced in my early career. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, and you, you, you shared that... Uh, uh, getting an introduction or becoming aware of uh, Dr. Andrew Weil's work uh, was kind of a pivotal moment in your life. Can you share just kind of the context around that period of time? Uh, was it an article that you read or uh, was there an introduction that, uh, uh, that was made? Well, it was actually my wife, to tell you the truth. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic, um,
1: guys. Never, never uh, underestimate the knowledge of your wife. I guess, huh? Um, what happened is that you know she saw early on this frustration, perhaps even before I even realized that that's what I was frustrated about. And um, uh, she gave me a book. She said, "Here's this textbook of integrative gastroenterology. You're a GI. This is an integrative GI book. Why don't you take a look at it?" And I said. I'm not looking at this. This is a bunch of garbage. <laughs> that was my first reaction. I didn't even know what it was. Um, and then eventually I picked it up. I started looking at it. And, um, you know, I didn't know much about fellowship and integrated medicine or anything like that at the time. I started reading it. I said, you know, they're talking about some really interesting concepts here. And some of these are pretty standard conditions like inflammatory bowel disease and heartburn and things like that that are in this book and they're showing peer reviewed literature where they're talking about alternative approaches to some of these common issues. And I have never even heard of or tried any of these things. seems interesting. So then I started reading it some more and uh, then I reached out to uh, an old friend at uh, Johns Hopkins who Mm -hmm. had done the fellowship and he said, he, he, he and I talked and he said, you know, you probably ought to really just do the fellowship so you can learn more about this and kind of dive into it. And just on a leap of faith, uh, without knowing much more than that, I did it. And within the first few weeks of doing the fellowship, it was like a huge breath of fresh air that was just blown right into my body.
0: It's totally changed everything. Wow, that's absolutely amazing. Uh, You talked about uh, a breath of fresh air. If I could transition to a little bit. What are some of the things that uh, you've gone through this remarkable journey of uh, really getting to a spot where you're actually almost blaming yourself? You had the kind of the the best practices through your schooling, really thinking that you can do more. And uh, what are some of the things that um, uh, that help you to get to uh, a, a flow state? You know, that, that state where, you know, you kind of have a peak experience where everything feels feels dialed in. So as part of that journey that really made these inroads, you're helping more people and just things are starting to come together. What are some of the things that, uh, you know, in terms of your, your daily life or weekly life that gets you to that state where everything just uh, is moving, moving smoothly?
1: Well, that's that's a good question. I mean, uh, before I did the f- uh, fellowship in integrative medicine, I wouldn't have even known what you're talking about. But um, um, uh, you know, when I did the fellowship, one of the things we learn is about all these different kinds of practices you can do that can really uh, influence your mind and your mind body connection. Mm. And you know, I uh, you know I, I never thought I'd be doing. Tai Chi at sunrise in the in the Arizona desert, but (laughs) I was I learned about all these different modalities, you know, and uh, they're all there. And uh, they're not all for everybody. You know, personally, I'm not the biggest yoga fan, but I know yoga is very beneficial. I may prefer Tai Chi instead of yoga. And I think if somebody wants to do one or the one over the other, it's not a big deal to me as far as I see things from a doctor's perspective. But mm-hmm. one of the things that personally helps me get into a good flow set uh, flow state is um, is breath work. Mm. Um, and uh, you know, uh, I, I never practiced it before. I learned integrative medicine, but that was literally probably one of the first lessons we got uh, when we started his fellowship and Andrew Weil himself is the one who walked us through this process and, and, uh, taught us about it. And it's something that you can use on a regular basis every day and then kind of on demand whenever you feel like you need it. So if there's a stressful situation or something important that's going to happen in order to kind of refocus yourself, get yourself grounded, get yourself in the moment you you can do your breath work and that kind of helps dial you in if you do the breath work on a regular daily basis i found then it helps you actually maintain that what you call flow state throughout the Mm -hmm. entire day even if you're not trying to do that it kind of sticks with you in a positive way that way Mm -hmm. so i often encourage everybody to do it on a regular basis because i know myself personally how that kind of helps
0: Fantastic. And how would you describe that, that state in terms of breathing or just, uh, you know, it's, sometimes it's hard to put into words, but when you get to that state, you know, what is, you know, your vision or just the ability to hear and listen? Uh, how would you describe that state, um, you know, when, when you've, uh, you've done the practice, maybe it's a Tai Chi in the morning, and it really sets you up for that day? How would you describe that, uh, that experience to, to the audience?
1: yeah I mean it's it's like an almost um, it's like a, a sense of calmness, mm. um, a sense of connection because it, when when you get into that state, you kind of feel that everything is at peace, everything is calm, and that you are connected to everything and everyone in the world. And so um, everything that you do, Towards or with regards to any anything or anyone really matters in that in that regards, and you know, I think that's kind of one of the main points is to remember and realize that we are all connected to each other, and Mm. everything that we do matters. And so, I don't know; it is it is a hard it's hard to put an actual word on on this uh, Mm. whole uh, state of well uh, well being, I guess. But it's just
0: to me, it feels like maybe serenity or calm or peace. Thank you for sharing. Absolutely beautiful. And uh, is there, is there, uh, if I could just ask a little bit further, are there any specific experiences like being close to water that even gets you into just a little bit further state, uh, just out of curiosity? Well, as far as water, I live near
1: the ocean. So I I love, uh, I love going to the beach, at least walking on the beach, even seeing the ocean um, kind of does help, help that uh, with me, I guess. I guess you're correct in that because it, helps me remember that, you know, we're just part of, we're just one part of a huge entire world. And, you know, these little things that happen that seem to be like the end all be all are really not the end all be all because there's so much more out there, so many more possibilities, so many more things you can do, so many different ways you can do things. And this kind of brings us back to the original thing that I was saying earlier on is, is the importance of perspective and framing things in a different way or in a positive manner so that you can be more productive. Because I think oftentimes we as humans may see something or experience something and just focus on perhaps one aspect of it that's negative, but perhaps there is a lesson to learn in something. Perhaps there is a different way to look at something so that it's not actually negative. Or you say, well, this part of it isn't really positive, but I can find that there is X, Y, and Z positive things that I could take out of this experience mm. and go with that because there's no point in self-defeat. It doesn't really get you anywhere.
0: Yeah, beautifully stated. Um, if I could shift gears, what are some of the small things that you do as part of a, a daily practice? Uh, if you hinted upon a Tai Chi, uh, that might be one of the, some of the small things that you do incorporate as part of a uh, a weekly or daily practice. It might be taking time out for yourself at a certain time of the day uh, that you could share with the the audience.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, it's important to try to move and exercise as much as possible. So that's important. Going out and getting fresh air and um, just experiencing nature when things are still. It's kind of hard these days. Uh, you know, uh, we're recording this now during the coronavirus pandemic and, you know, things are opening up at this point, but um, a lot of people are still working and staying at home. A majority of my medical practice is online now. Um, Mm. So it's a complete uh, paradigm shift for how we actually practice and function. But I still try to go outside, you know, take your shoes off, walk in the grass and just uh experience nature and just uh, feel that reconnection and breathe the fresh air even if that means that I, I I take my lunch and I stand outside in the backyard and I and I eat my lunch there rather than sitting inside at the table so you know there are different things you can do to kind of uh, help bring that experience back when when there are limitations but those are a couple of them uh, I always try to Begin the day with some breath work and end the day with some breath work and set an intention with that so that it kind of helps frame the purpose of the day and you can reflect on the day at the end of the day. These are some of the simple things that I kind of try to
0: integrate into my uh, regular routine. Those are incredibly powerful. Thank you so much for sharing. And Dr. Singh, can you share with, with us some of the uh, current projects that you're working on or initiatives? I understand that. Uh, uh, there's a, a book in the development. Uh, if you could share more,
1: yeah. So as I progressed through my uh, career in integrative medicine, I I found that a particular niche was um, particularly appealing to me, and that was one of precision medicine. I found that you know uh, you'll you'll see a lot of uh, medical practices say, "Come do precision medicine and get your annual executive physical and." They do a stress uh, treadmill test, uh, an EKG, and maybe an echocardiogram or in a cholesterol panel or something like that, and they say that's precision medicine. But that really has nothing to do with precision medicine. And using my background in um, uh, integrative medicine, I said we want to be able to use all the fancy technology and tests that we have these days because a lot of them are accessible to uh, people. Uh, A lot of them are even direct-to-consumer. Some of them have to be ordered. But many people don't even know about these and mm. what if we were able to use you know, your microbiome data, your genetic data, your sensitivities data, um, inflammatory markers, to couple that together with your actual personal history and background, take a really extensive history on somebody and then put all this together, this information together at one time and try to create a personalized protocol so I can tell somebody how they should eat, what supplements they should take, how they should exercise, you know, and focus on some of the various elements of lifestyle medicine with them as it particularly pertains to their life. And I started practicing like this, and I started a clinic Mm -hmm. called Precision Clinic. And from that was born the idea that we we should bring this idea to the entire world. And so I started writing a book um, And we're in the middle of it right now. Um, uh, and Hopefully it'll be out by the end of the year, 2020. It's called Own Your Health. And uh, what what we want to do in this book is try to help people understand the importance of uh, prevention, to understand that uh, there are a lot of different elements of your health that uh, can uh, play a role in how you actually feel. And to help people understand what they can do to look into it and how to put it all together so that they can really own your own their health and take control of their health. Even if you don't feel sick, if you feel well, it's still pertinent because oftentimes there are things going on uh, inside your body that you don't know and one day you won't be well. And if you don't understand that these things are there, then you will be one step behind and the whole point is to be one step ahead. And so this is really my focus these days and a lot of the projects that I have focus around this. I even started my own podcast um, called Precision the Health Cast, And mm-hmm. we bring wow. uh, people on, on my show and talk about these different elements of health uh, and wellness and uh, help people understand how they can optimize their health. And that's really been my focus these days. It's been super fun helping people in real life in my practice to use some of this uh, technology and really influence health. Uh, I've had some really great outcomes and uh, it's just been uh, really exciting. It's a really exciting time for me these days.
0: Tremendous. Can you share with us some of uh, the type of clients that come into your precision practice? Uh, Just we get a sense of the, you know, know, kind of the cross section of uh, people that you work with
1: yeah I mean, uh, I say, well, if you're a human being, then you potentially could be a client. <laughs> yeah. um, really, it's for anybody. Um, and uh, we can do as much or as little as you're comfortable with. Some people are overwhelmed with getting all this big data on themselves, so we don't have to do all that if you don't want to. Um, We can just do food sensitivities and look at your gut health. We can you know, look at a few inflammatory markers and focus on heart health. you know, it doesn't really matter to me. Uh, I can use the tools that we have at our disposal to uh, help you out the best. And the important thing is that what we do is we take that information. And I didn't mention earlier, but the recommendations that we frame are framed in uh, understanding integrative and functional medicine. So I'm not saying, oh, your cholesterol is high, take some, you know, Lipitoris to take some cholesterol medication. Mm-hmm. We're, we'll focus more on. As much uh, uh, of an integrative approach as we can, and if somebody does need medication, then they need medication. But that's uh, not the entire point. There's there's more to it than just medication. So that's the perspective. But really, you know, the type of client that comes uh, would could really be anybody, depending on whatever your concern is. I mean, if you're, uh, you know, I I usually say, you know, if you're interested in in living long and trying to be as healthy as you can as long as you can, then And this is for you because that's Mm. the whole point of the clinic is to try to understand um, what's going on and and make actions before they become problems.
0: That's absolutely amazing. And maybe if you could clarify just a little bit, you talked about integrative medicine. And what I heard from you and I would like you to clarify is that it's really you're bringing the best of prevention uh, coupled uh, with uh, traditional medicine, and really uh, marrying the two in an, an entirely different way with progressive technologies, uh, so you're kind of bringing the best of uh, you know, traditional medicine uh, plus uh, also preventative medicine, supported by new technologies. Is that correct?
1: Right. Yeah. So that's the difference, you know. So instead of going to, and getting, you know, your executive physical, for example, and getting a list of medications and things to try you know, if we discover that somebody has a major problem and the best solution is a medication, then that's one thing. I mean, that's integrative medicine is not homeopathy. Integrative mm-hmm. medicine is understanding that there are a lot more different elements to health and a lot more solutions to wellness than you would see on the surface. It's not all about pharmaceuticals. And so integrative medicine is really the, I don't know how you would describe it, but the base point, the home base that we always come back to. You know, are there uh, natural supplements or uh, herbs, other therapies that we can do? Should we be, you know, suggesting acupuncture for somebody's pain? Should we be, you know, I always talk to people about mindfulness and and breath work and things like that because it really applies to everybody, but sometimes people need more than that. Should we help them understand how they can, you know, hone in their mind-body connection a little bit better? So we use integrative medicine as the solution board to help address each of these, um, potential situations that somebody might have or whatever their concerns are, whatever their results end up being.
0: Yeah, absolutely amazing. And, uh, just coming full circle, this amazing journey of, uh, you know, having periods in your, your mental career you have to rethink things, really taking time to reflect, uh, having uh, a beautiful insight from, uh, uh, your significant other in terms of, uh, this book, led to this amazing journey, how has your hopes and dreams evolved over time? And you figured a way to kind of encapsulate uh, really, you know, that, you know, which started at, uh, in grade six, you know, now that's evolved to today. What are your hopes and dreams today with all the tremendous work you're doing across your podcast, your practice, uh, your upcoming book, um, how do you encapsulate that?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, I guess now uh, in my uh, older age, uh, my hopes and dreams are um, to be able to help as many people as I can in the most meaningful manner, to take control back over their health, to not feel lost uh, or hopeless. as I kind of felt like that way too. We didn't talk about my own personal journey, but You know, I I was overweight, uh, fatty liver. My cholesterol was high. My triglycerides was, I think, in the mid-high 300s before I even started. um, You know, the integrative medicine fellowship, and I thought I was pretty relatively healthy. I'm a doctor. I work hard. You know, uh, I I don't eat fast food. You know, uh, I don't drink too much. You know, I I thought I was doing all the right things, but. I, I wasn't because um, my body wasn't responding in that way. My body was telling me that something is off. I just wasn't seeing the message. And so my hopes and dreams are to help people see the messages that their bodies are telling them because the body wants to be well. The body wants to be in a state of homeostasis. The body wants wants you to live long because otherwise there is no body. So when I started making these changes in my own personal life, I, I You know, I I did them incrementally and within three months, I lost the first 30 plus pounds. And Mm. it was almost, it almost felt like, you know, I'm not really working that hard to accomplish this, but yet this is happening. I just made a couple of small changes. I saw the benefit in those small changes and I made a few other small changes and it just kind of went on and on like that. And that's what I usually tell people, just as you feel like things can snowball out of control your health can also snowball into control. So my hopes and dreams are to help people understand that, that um, it's not always, uh, you know, a brick wall that you face. And, you know, you can also have fun by uh, getting yourself into a better shape, into optimizing your health. We We often look at health and getting healthier as perhaps a negative. Oh, that means I have to eat more broccoli and celery and I have to exercise. And we we frame it in our minds often as a negative, but Mm. it can actually be a huge positive, not the outcome necessarily that you're focusing on as the huge positive, because that is the obvious huge positive, but the journey to becoming healthy can be a huge positive. It can be a journey of self-discovery. It can be a journey of healing where you, Um, start to let go of some of the things that have bothered you from the past, or maybe not let go necessarily in certain circumstances, but perhaps address for the first time in a constructive manner. Um, You can learn about different kinds of foods. You can experience um, uh, different kinds of flavors. You can really expand your horizons so much. And that's what I want to bring to people. That's what I want people to realize and understand, that there is many more sides to the
0: coin than what you see in front of your face oftentimes. well, wow, absolutely amazing. Uh, thank you tremendously for, for sharing your personal story there. Um, you know, just, to, uh, it's amazing how, you know, your, your own kind of advances that you made uh, in your personal life early on, coupled with new advancements, uh, you know, and being able to access the latest technologies, now you can apply to, to people inside your practice. Absolutely amazing. Uh, Dr. Singh, where can people find you? Well, these days it
1: seems I'm everywhere, so <laughs> shouldn't be too hard. But um, my website is uh, precisionclinic.com. It's precision with an e. Um, I also have another website, uh, drmarvinsing.com, and uh, I'm pretty active on social media: Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And my handle is at drmarvinsing. So I'm pretty accessible. My email address is even uh, on the website. So you can even send an email to me directly uh, from my website. So I leave myself pretty accessible. I I always, that was one thing that I always hated, you know, earlier on uh, in my career when I wanted to get a hold of somebody. It was like, uh, it could take you days to figure out how to contact somebody. And I didn't want to be like that. If you really want to help people, you have to be accessible. So I
0: make myself accessible. Absolutely amazing. Marvin, thank you for your books, your speaking engagements, your podcast, your precision clinical practice, and all the happiness oxygen you bring to the world. And a tremendous thank you to all the listeners. As always, this has been your host, John Tuckums. have made it to the end of the podcast. It's your host, John Tuckums. I want to take this moment to sincerely thank you. I'm incredibly grateful for the time you're taking to invest in your life. And if you gain something valuable from this episode and want to give me value somehow, I would tremendously appreciate if you went to Apple Podcasts, iTunes. If you have an Apple product where you listen to this podcast and leave this show a review, you are free to send me a message or email. Contact information is in the description below. Thank you again for listening and thank you for your contributions in helping billions of people to find their happiness oxygen.